emotions are like storms. They come, they go, they come, they go. But we can choose to be anchored or we can choose to let them sway us in whichever direction they want to take us. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to episode two of the six week pop up podcast entitled Unbothered. I am really excited to be back with you all because last week was really overwhelming. I received so many DMs, so many messages, text messages, comments about this podcast, and I am just over the moon about how it's being received. So please continue to share your messages, comments, anything you have to say, because I mean, I'm just floored um, with everything that you all have been saying. The one thing that really sticks out to me is the word authentic. That feedback that I've been receiving, that one word is what this is all about. I really wanted to present as myself and I didn't want to try to pretend or act like I'm just this big guru, but I wanted to act like myself. And me being myself was enough. And that's all I could ever ask for. So today I am really excited to talk about this topic that you all voted for on Instagram. Just like I said last week, if you have not followed me on Instagram, be sure to do that so that you can participate in the polls to vote for the next topic because this is your podcast. I'm just the host. And so usually I pair every conversation with a wine or some sort of beverage but today will not be paired with wine because of our topic choice. Our topic choice today is emotions, particularly making emotions work for you, not against you. Today, we're going to pair this conversation with my favorite tea, my favorite tea in the entire world that I consume most evenings because it just really calms me. It feels like a celestial hug of warmth and just the thought of it gets me really excited and also calm at the same time. I didn't want to pair today's conversation with wine because I wanted to be completely sober-minded, completely still, present, and to present what I'm going to talk about in a very clear tunnel vision way so that you all aren't sidetracked with me being hot and sweating like I was last time with the incredible red wine pinotage by Kamusha that we had last week. But today, it's all about the cinnamon almond herbal tea. And uh, it's just so good. It's one of my favorite teas. I go through it quickly. It's dried apples and almonds and cinnamon. Uh, It just feels like the most celestial hug ever. And I wish you could smell it. I wish you could smell how delicious uh, the aromatics are everything. So I'm really excited to sip some tea while you all listen to this conversation. This podcast about making emotions work for us, not against us, is going to be one of the best conversations ever posted on the internet. (laughs) I'm claiming it. All right, so let me go get my tea. It's been steeping and let's start this conversation. All right, now we have our tea and I'm about to take my first sip. Oh man, I'm trying to tell you guys. It just, it just feels like the warmest hug. I don't even know how to explain it. So ready for us to cozy up and have this conversation about emotions and how they can work for us and not against us. One of the reasons why I chose this is because emotions are something that we cannot run away from. So in knowing that every single person on this planet experiences it, when you're able to hone in on it and control it and not be able to use it as a superpower, I'm trying to tell you, you're going to low-key become invincible in so many different ways. And so that's why I'm really excited 
to share. So by the end of our chat, you'll understand what emotions are, because in order for me to talk about it, I should probably define it. What influences them? the power of emotional intelligence and how to better communicate emotions. And so with that being said, I look at social media and I look at a lot of people in my life and they're always talking about chaos, confusion, stress, anxiety, fear, and no one wants to talk about what influences those things and how to some degree we can take control over some of those influences. So let's dive right in. But before we get started, I want to share one thing and one story that I believe will set us up for a great chat today. So what I truly believe is better than gold is emotional intelligence. And when I say emotional intelligence, I just think it's one of the most vital things you could ever have. It's when you are in control of your response to life's uncontrollable circumstances. Yes, you feel emotions just like everyone else, but you have control over how you respond. And then when you look around and you look around the room, you realize that when the people have control over their emotions, they have the upper hand. So let me just share a quick little story about why emotional intelligence has always been one of my favorite things. When I was younger, I always knew that I would never be the smartest in the room. I would never be the smartest sibling. I would never be the smartest Francisco. I would never be the smartest in my class, especially not my college. And I know my mom is probably listening to this right now, like, Lauren, come on now. You are capable. You are beautiful. You are wonderful. You are intelligent. Yes, mom, I know that of all these things, but I knew that I could never be number one in that category in regards to book knowledge. And in knowing that, I would look around at some of the smartest people I knew Wherever I was, whether it was at church, at school, in different extracurricular activities, and I would look at some of the smartest people in my life, and they seemed to be living cycles over and over and over again, not learning massive life lessons, which would keep them at a disadvantage and unable to move forward in some of the most important things in our lives. So yes, being intelligent, book-wise, is incredible, and it's admirable. But if you're unable to adapt in life and you're unable to get ahead and control over the emotions that you have, then you're doing yourself a disservice. And so in knowing that as a child, I made it my business to become the most emotionally intelligent person in the room. And when I say that, I mean, I would make sure that no one or nothing could steal my joy. Even if I had to fake it till I make it or just pretend I would make sure that you didn't get the gratification of seeing me unpleased or you didn't get the gratification of you feeling like you had control or power over me not just people but circumstances and when I was able to do that I can't even begin to tell you the confidence that I was able to exhibit and to not only just exhibit but it's what I actually became I became the most confident young child (laughs) that you could ever imagine. And my mom, my dad, even people who knew me at a young age can tell you, I really had like a I don't care mentality. Because at the end of the day, you may have been smarter than me. You may have been richer than me. You may have even been more successful than me in probably a multitude of different ways. But I knew at the end of the day that I was probably the most emotionally intelligent person in the room and that I had full control over my responses, my reactions, 
and how I would interpret whatever was happening around me. So what are emotions? Let's pull up the dictionary for this one. So emotions are a conscious mental reaction, such as anger or fear, subjectively experienced as strong feeling, usually directed towards a specific object and typically accompanied by a physiological and behavioral change in the body. It's a state of feeling. So the big question is, are we in control of our emotions? And the short answer is no, <laughs> not necessarily. Yes, we all feel them. We have to accept them when they come. They're here to serve us and protect us and root us in the present moment as to what's going on. But what we can do is manage how we express them. And that's our response. But I will say this, do not suppress your emotions. This makes me think of an analogy, one that I would usually share with clients about how emotions are like storms. They come, they go, they come, they go. But we can choose to be anchored or we can choose to let them sway us in whichever direction they want to take us. It's similar to sailing. I mean, if you know anything about sailing, you know that without force coming from different directions, there will be no movement. Like imagine a sailboat. If there's no wind, you're kind of just stuck. <laughs> and it's kind of like how emotions are. They're there to help guide us and, and shape us, but we have to be in control or those emotions will drift us to places that we just don't want to go to. So you may sway amongst the waves, but it's okay if you remain planted and prepared. You know, emotions are beautiful. Um, without them guiding us, we would have no means to direct us. So just like I said, with sailboats, with the wind, being able to move us in different directions. Emotion sometimes can move us a little bit to the direction that we need to be going, but we shouldn't let it take full control because you don't want to be like a sailboat where you just fully let the wind take you where you don't have control over the sails. And it's the same way with emotions. I've had a lot of people use their emotions as an excuse as to why they respond the way they respond. I mean, I've done it before. I've certainly told myself, you know, I was overwhelmed with fear. I was overwhelmed with anger. That's why I did X, Y, Z. However, I will say this. It's important that we note that the physical manifestation of emotions in actuality really only lasts seconds to minutes. I mean, let me use this as an example. If I were to just come up on you and shock you and I'm like, boo, you know, I <laughs> just try to scare you. There's only going to be a couple of seconds, maybe a couple of minutes at most where you genuinely feel overwhelmed and shocked. But what happens is you can choose to stay in a mood. Moods can last forever. Emotions only last a couple of seconds to a couple of minutes. So don't use emotions as an excuse. You're choosing a mood to stay in. Our moods oftentimes can place us in states that paralyze us from moving forward. So when you have situations or, or people, circumstances happen and you have an overwhelming emotional response, just know that that can last a couple of seconds. It can last a couple of minutes, but don't let it last more than a couple of minutes. And like I said, we can choose to stay paralyzed or we could choose to move forward. Our emotions are just warning us, but like I always say, they're not controlling us. Emotions arising within us is inevitable, of course, but we must be proactive versus reactive. And speaking of proactive, I want to do a fun little activity with you all, one that involves me having your undivided attention. So if you're doing something right now, try to sit down, put some headphones in because this is going to be a sensory experience. All right. So I have my headphones on and I'm about to be the conductor of your emotions. This is going to serve as an example of how I can take you through a series of emotional states in a matter of seconds, all through the power of music. 
So the emotion that comes over you, um, it can be used in a myriad of ways depending upon your reaction and interpretation. So I have three songs that I'm going to share snippets of. So pay attention to what you feel and I will share in real time what I feel. So when listening to that particular song, I felt kind of suspenseful. You know how when you see a movie and there's about to be something that happens, but you just don't know what, but you know something's about to pop up or there's about to be a change. That's how I felt when listening to this. I also felt a sense of motivation and inspiration, like I could do anything. But what I did notice is before I listened to the song, I was in a state of calmness And not that I'm completely removed from that calmness, but I do feel a little bit more on edge. All right, so we're going to go into song two. So what a difference that song makes than the previous one. When listening to that, I did feel like the calmness that I was discussing earlier was slowly creeping back into my life. I can see how a song like that could bring about a lot of emotions of pensiveness and loneliness if you're not content with being alone. But because I'm content with being alone, I had an overwhelming sense of gratitude and contentment And actually a little bit of nostalgia in listening to that. I had memories coming back to me of when I was in a calm place, um, camping in a cabin with friends, hiking, and just feeling that overwhelming sense of contentment, gratitude, and stillness. What a difference from the first song. We have one more song. This is song three. And let me know what you all feel for this one. I really like this song. <laughs> mm. 
sounds good. So in comparison to the previous song, I can say that in hearing that, my emotion kind of drifted to happiness. Like I was saying earlier, I felt nostalgia. So I still was in that nostalgic state, but I just wanted to smile. It wasn't too hype where I felt like I wanted to just, you know, go to a rave and jump up and down. But the beauty of the strings brought like this groundedness, but still remaining joyful. I really enjoyed that song. It was nice. Okay, so let me take these headphones off and let's continue the conversation. Music has the power to transform your mood. It really does. I mean, even in the example like we were doing earlier, in a matter of minutes, I was going from eagerness and a little bit of curiosity and suspense to calm, to tranquil. And then suddenly I found myself being joyful, being happy. And just like how music can do that to us, so can life and so can our emotions. And so who is going to be the director of your life? Who is going to be the director of your emotions? Who is gonna produce the moment? Yes, we're not necessarily the filmmaker. We aren't the creators of life, but we can be the directors. Music is so transformative to moods. Music has the power to transform your mood instantaneously. But if music has that kind of power, can you imagine what your habits can do? Your habits can save you or anchor you, or they can drown you and deter you. And so just like a conductor, a producer, a director, or editor, how they can manipulate and change art, we could do that with our emotions. So my main focus and what I really want you all to understand, and also I want to remind myself of, is that we have patterns that we've created in our lives. But we do have control and power over changing those patterns if we're not lacking the results. But in order to change those patterns and those habits, we first have to be able to identify them. Because at the end of the day, emotions will not last as long as our choices. So I have an example I want to share. I haven't always been this unbothered human being where nothing ever deterred me or would make me move in another direction. I actually used to be kind of an angry child. And when I had an overwhelming sense of anger or frustration, I had to get it out. One of the ways that I got it out was through writing, but it wasn't in a healthy way in the beginning. I actually used to carve words <laughs> into furniture. I would scream in pillows. Sometimes I would just lose it and not know what to do with all of the feelings that I felt inside. I would become flustered and my frustration would grab such a hold of me that I would be led to tears. But these weren't tears of sadness. They were actual tears of rage and the inability to get across what I needed to get across to the person on the other end. And so that leads me to an example. This is something that I want you all to write down if you're writing something down. If there's an emotion in your life that you really want to work through, I need you to write the following. I respond with fill in the blank, which leads to fill in the blank. In my childhood, it was I respond with rage and frustration, which leads to punishment. <laughs> so yes, I felt rage. I felt frustration, but me acting out the emotion in a way that was harmful to myself, harmful to others, and that was not constructive by any means. It led me to not only a place of getting in trouble, but whenever I would feel that rage or frustration or anger, I could not shake it. And it would last for longer than I would want it to last. All because of how I interpreted the moment and all because of how I responded as a result. So a major hack that I would do as a child was to tell myself, I will choose to fill in the blank regardless of how I feel. 
So when I was younger and I would feel rage or frustration or anger to the point where I would literally be shaking, I will choose to be still, think before I act and write down my feelings, regardless of how I feel. So yes, I'm angry. Yes, I'm upset. Yes, I'm frustrated. But let's write this down instead of acting it out for the whole world to see. And in doing that, I ended up developing such a love for writing. My family can tell you that I have so many diaries from when I was younger, where I would write down all of my frustrations, all of my anger, however I felt. And after I would write it down, I would leave it there. So like I said earlier, emotions will not last as long as our choices. So what happens in that brain of yours in between the feeling and the action. There's something that happens in us where we interpret our emotions in a way that could be detrimental or it could be uplifting. I'm not here to tell you that suddenly I have a magic wand to making all of the bad emotions you feel go away. It may be an unpopular opinion, but I do not believe that there are bad emotions. I believe that the feeling of jealousy or anger or frustration or rage are all just redirecting you to something that you need to pay attention to. You're going to keep repeating life lessons and you're going to keep becoming overwhelmed by these emotions that are happening within your body if you don't address them and you don't learn the habit to match with the emotion. So I challenge you if you're listening to this, if you don't like where your emotions lead you, check your habits. Mindfulness is such a popular technique and it's such a popular word in today's culture. Because of its popularity, I think that people tend to use that word and not really understand what it really means. When you hear the word mindfulness, it really just means that you're focusing your awareness to the present moment and you're aware of what's actually happening inside and outside of your body. Mindfulness is taking note of what's happening, but it's not just taking note of what's happening. It's managing and assessing the response that's needed. When you're able to manage and assess the response that's needed, this leads to you being an effective communicator. My favorite formula, and if you take away anything from today, it's emotion plus logic plus action equals effective communication. It's a healthy balance because sometimes we have one of those three things more than the other and we tend to overload. So too much emotion or too much action or too much logic can result in non-effective communication. So you just need to be mindful of that. Also, nonverbal communication is a thing. For all those listening, if you want to be received in a way that doesn't enrage you, check your face. <laughs> Let me just point that out too. The best communicators of emotions or even topics or just in general are the people who can ask, how do I want to be received? That will save you in relationships. That will save you on your job. That will save you wherever you go in life. If you just ask yourself before you respond, how do I want to be received? In knowing that I can be sarcastic, in knowing that I can be a bit harsh and brutal in my responses, I have to ask myself, do I want this person to feel heard, understood, or do I want this person to know that I'm right? <laughs> and some of you may think, I want this person to know I'm right. And you may be right, but at the end of the day, what's more important to you? Being right or being understood and understanding the person on the other side of the table. So the next time you have an emotion that you're trying to express, I want you to remember that communication and expression is sort of like a dance. You have to visualize how you would like to be perceived more than just getting all of your thoughts out of your head. When you're having a conversation with a colleague, a friend, a coworker, or even someone that you're in a relationship with, you have to focus on how they're going to perceive what you have to say, how you look, how you appear, how you approach, and even your tonality. Because in doing that, I promise you 
that that is a cheat code to maintaining relationships. And like I stated in our first podcast, the best indication of someone's character, the best indication of someone's ability to love and show up as a friend is how they maintain relationships, not how they always get new ones. (laughs) In order for us to level up, to become unbothered, to be better, more effective communicators, we have to take note of the behaviors, the responses, and the reactions that we prefer not to repeat. If we know that those behaviors, those responses, and those reactions warrant a bad reaction from the person in which we are communicating to. We need to take note of that and adapt and exchange that bad habit for a good one. Sometimes this could be an experiment, but just like I stated earlier in the formula, emotion plus logic plus action equals effective communication. So take those three things, emotion, logic, and action, and try to find the perfect trio combination that best suits your emotional state, that best suits your relationships, and that will improve the way that you're received in the world and in all of your relationships. It's important to take note of the influences that can affect your emotional patterns and behavior. When I think of influences, I think of three major factors and the three major factors that influence all of us on a day-to-day basis. They are relationships, environment, and nutrition. And when I say nutrition, I mean whatever we ingest. There's food for your mind, body, and spirit. So that can just be whatever you actually physically eat, whatever you hear, whatever you decide to participate in. Nutrition is whatever we ingest and take in. When thinking of influences, you have to remember that masters have to train. Think of yourself as an Olympian. In order to get to a state where this becomes just second nature to you. You have to go through a period of fasting, whether that's from relationships, whether it's from certain foods or drinks or even an environment. Sometimes you have to adjust those external influences to better suit you while you're under construction. There are certain things you just cannot participate in while you're putting in the work. Just like when you're on a diet, just like if you were an Olympian, just like if you were trying to master any sort of skill in life, there's a certain routine, there are certain people, there are certain things that you have to practice in order to become a master. So it's not just practice, but it's also things that you have to dissociate from in the meantime. It doesn't mean that you have to dissociate yourself from it altogether. Just like if there's a bodybuilder, there's someone who's an Olympian, it doesn't mean that they'll never have a cheeseburger again. But in this instance, if you're trying to master your emotions and you know that there are people in your life, there's an environment, even if there are things that you eat or drink that alter your state of being in a way that's negative, you're going to have to cut it out for a little bit. Only until you can master the skill of maintaining your sense of emotional stability in the midst of all things around all people in all environments you have to cut off the people and the environments and the habits that deter you from getting to that sense of emotional stability and increasing your overall emotional intelligence and when i say fast from these factors or influences it doesn't mean that you have to cut them all the way off but you have to be mindful of consumption. And you also have to understand that while you're under construction, you can only allow the people and the things into your life that will help build, not tear down. All of this happens brick by brick. Houses aren't completed in a matter of days and without teamwork and without plans. You have to plan, train, condition, and stay the course. The truth is your emotional responses and reactions are things that will never die. We leave impressions in people's minds whether negative or positive. And it's just like on the construction site. You can lay down a brick or you can tear down a brick. Either way, it's gonna lead you to 
completion or disruption? Which one do you want to do with your emotional responses? Just ask yourself that. Once you realize that this is the greatest superpower that you can ever have, you'll step into that role of director and it'll become so easy for you to receive an emotion and steer it in a direction, to take that emotion and use your logic, to use that logic to respond accordingly and to take your response to build bridges and not burn them. I just need you to leave this conversation knowing that you are the best director, producer, and conductor that will ever come into your life. Don't ever give anyone that seat. Don't ever give anyone that role, but yourself. You have the ability to change your situation. I promise you that your emotions will never go away. The things that you're always gonna feel. I probably will end up being mad after this. I feel like this video, I could have changed a bunch of things in it, but it's what I do with that emotion. It's what I do with that anger, that frustration, that sadness, whatever it may be, that makes all the difference in the world. I could take my frustration and use it as a means to grow and develop my craft. Or I could take my frustration and use it as a means to quit. We all have this superpower in our grasp. So what are you gonna do with yours? I think this conversation was one of the shorter ones I've ever done, but I didn't wanna to go too long because I wanted it to be impactful. I not only wanted it to be impactful, but I wanted it to be concise and something that you can listen to over and over again. We'll continue these conversations. Like I said, go to my Instagram, vote on a poll because next week you may wanna continue having the conversation about emotions or maybe you wanna go a completely different direction. I'm just really excited about our chats. I'm really excited about us building our community, pairing our wines, our teas, our coffees, getting to know each other. And I'm really just thrilled that you all are ready and willing to evolve in the light with me on our path to staying unbothered. Cheers to the best producers, directors, and conductors that I know. I'll see you all next week.